Hey guys, I'm Court. And I'm Kate. And you're listening to another episode of The Castle Chat. Hey friends, and welcome back to another episode of our Disney-inspired podcast. Today we are bringing back the most classic OG Castle Chat episode, Disney Breakdown. If you've missed any Disney news from the theme parks, movies, or Walt Disney Company, we've got you covered. Want to experience more magic with us outside of this episode? Be sure to follow us on all socials at The Castle Chat. If you love what you hear, please leave us a rating or review on Apple or Spotify so we can continue to build this community. Are you ready to jump into the episode? Let's chat about it. at it again with another episode oh yes we are back after our two-week break and i'm excited to be here i've missed recording and it just feels great to be back in the seat with the mic back in the studio it's always a little strange when we do go on a break and then we resume i do miss recording i really love it i do too but it i i feel so refreshed though when we do come back i feel like ready for the next nine episodes we've got our rest in and we're just ready to go our creative juices have been blowing we've come up with some fun ideas for this next set of nine episodes so We thank you guys for allowing us to have a break so that we can keep bringing you fun Castle Chat stuff. Oh yeah, and we're super excited today because like we said earlier, we're bringing back an OG episode, Disney Breakdown. This is where we share, gosh, all the news that we have been hearing about in the last couple months and make sure you are up to date and informed and ready for anything Disney. Yeah, we put up a couple of polls and questions on our Instagram at the end of our last set of episodes, and a lot of you really love Disney Breakdown. We asked what episodes you like, what you don't like, what you want to hear more of, and bringing back Disney Breakdown was on the list. So we are going to start strong. It's been a while since we've done some news, and there is so much to cover. Oh, yes. I mean, just in the past like week or so, I feel like we've had a lot of Disney news coming our ways so we are going to cover everything that we have kind of heard in the parks realm we are going to go through movies tv as well as the company as a whole anything that we've heard that we feel the need to share with you guys you can hear it all right here so we are going to kick it off with our biggest section which is the parks news there's a lot that's been happening and i feel like we should kick it off with genie plus yes i Agree we should kick it off with Genie Plus. This change took place literally a couple of days ago. And um, Genie Plus, if you haven't listened to our Ultimate Guide to Genie Plus episode, if you want to know more about it, you can. But some of that information might be different now um, because (laughs) of the changes that have come into place. Uh, Previously, if you bought Genie Plus, it was automatically for any of the Disney parks. You just selected the one that you are going to be present in and that's changed yes so now you have the option to buy genie plus 
per park or for multiple parks. So if you are choosing to stay in Epcot all day long and you are not park hopping, you can pay the Epcot price, whatever it is for that day, without having to pay additional money to go use that Genie Plus in other parks, which I think this is a great addition, only because parks like Epcot and Animal Kingdom, they don't have as many attractions that I would say using Genie Plus for would be, I guess, beneficial. So we are going to see a little bit cheaper prices on those parks versus Hollywood Studios and Magic Kingdom, which obviously high demand uh, for different rides and stuff like that. What are your thoughts on this edition? Um, I like this edition. I do think that it gives families a little more flexibility in using Genie Plus, um, having that $35 per person per day ticket price on um, purchasing Genie Plus when my family went was really steep. And so I think if this were an option, we may have done park specific genie plus Mm -hmm. um strategy where let's say we're starting our day in animal kingdom we can get genie plus for the start of our day and then just commit to strolling around epcot and do flower and garden food and wine whatever festival's going on and not be worrying about booking the next ride um or just try to to take different approaches different strategies to genie now so i think that that is, I mean, if you're going to the parks to ride a ton of rides and you're wanting to um, accomplish a ton in a single day, then yeah, get the multiple park pass. But I do think it gives more flexibility to just purchase the one. So for example, on June 27th, um, the pricing for this new breakdown, it had the multiple parks at $27 per person per day. Magic Kingdom was also $27, Epcot was $18, Hollywood Studios was $24, and Animal Kingdom was $16. So obviously with Magic Kingdom and the multiple parks being the same price, that's basically them saying, you might as well just get the multiple parks because you're going to pay the same price just for just to have Magic Kingdom, I guess. Unless you did not have a Park Hopper Pass and you were only planning on being in Magic Kingdom. Now, my question is, say I start my day in Animal Kingdom and I get the Animal Kingdom only pass and I feel like I'm going to spend my whole day there, but then I change my mind and I go to a different park and I want to be able to use Genie Plus in that park, would I have to just immediately upgrade to the multiple parks or could I just purchase then, you know, Hollywood Studios if I then switch to Hollywood Studios? I would guess they would make you pay for the multiple parks, but then you're paying for you've already paid for the Animal Kingdom price and then you're going to have to pay for the multiple parks price later on if you choose that route. I'm wondering if within the app it will say upgrade to multiple park genie and just add the difference. Yeah. I'm wondering if that would be an option. That sounds like the the smartest thing for the company to do only because I feel like people would be mad if they had to pay the 16 and then the 27 right so we have not this is brand new so we will definitely report back once we kind of know how this is working but this is definitely news that you guys need to know um so the pricing for that cost is now ranging from 16 dollars to 35 dollars per person per day so we will continue to monitor these prices and let you guys know what's happening um with them 
Yeah, I think that it's good to stay on top of these changing rules um, prior to going on your trips to prevent any um, expectations not being met. So keeping up with all the changes is something that we definitely want to do on you guys' behalf. Um, but speaking of changes, again with Genie Plus, they are trying to give you a little more bang for your buck with it. And starting in March of 2024, they are going to include the photo pass photos from different attractions with your purchase of Genie Plus, which I think is a nice touch. Yeah, I think that's definitely a neat like people I don't I don't know how many people are still purchasing like Memory Maker. And so I think this is an incentive for sure to get Genie Plus. Yeah, definitely. It's I think um, sometimes a little bit of a halt in your day to use photo pass photographers, depending on what type of Disney trip you're wanting to have, unless it's like a character meet and greet and the photo pass um, photographers are already stationed there and you've already waited in the line. But I know when I'm on Main Street and I see the photo pass photographers taking pictures of families, I'm usually just like snapping a selfie with my phone and then yeah. moving on. So I think Disney's probably been losing money on photos in the parks and having to staff and pay for those people. So now this is enticing people to buy Genie Plus at least for their ride photos. I mean, we like to see these changes. I think they're good. I'm excited to see what the public thinks of this as we continue to um, kind of see news pop up here and there. But speaking of money, why don't we talk a little bit about the savings and different discount programs that Disney is offering from now until the rest of the year? Because they have quite a few out right now. Yeah, so I heard an interesting explanation of Disney's push for discounted pricing. Um, Shout out to the Pixie Dust podcast. Um, I heard this through their recent episode, but apparently with COVID, there was uh, a tenure basically that families who canceled their trips during the pandemic, they could hold on to that reservation for a certain amount of time and then reuse or Um, redo that trip without having to repay whatever price it was so you're kind of like grandfathered into whatever trip you were intending on having um and that time that tenured time for that um pandemic set of vacations that were canceled has now ran out and so a lot of families that wanted to travel post-pandemic and also new families wanting to go to Disney, it was kind of like doubling up on capacity because you had all these people who had to reschedule their trip, but also people just wanting to go to Disney in general. Yeah, for sure. And so now that that time frame has ran out, they're seeing less crowds, less people attending the parks um, because those post-pandemic vacations have already been had. So this is Disney's push to get more people back into the parks. Um, I'm kind of like, no, it's fine. Let's just keep the crowds low. Like, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I mean, I'm totally fine but with I low capacity. I understand Disney's It's business. all about the dollar. It's all about the dollar. But one of the big discounts that Disney is offering right now is the four-day, four-park magic ticket for $99 per day. Plus tax, which I think after all that comes out to be about $396 before tax for any date between June 1st and September 29th. This is a pretty good ticket deal. I agree. I think this is a fabulous deal. A lot of people are, um, especially if they're first time Disney visitors, 
are not necessarily sure that they want to park hop. There's so much to see and do, and so there are families that don't necessarily want to park hop. And um, with your, um, can you upgrade to a park hopper with this ticket, or is it just? I'm unsure. I would have to look that up. I'm sure they have some way to get additional money from you to be able to allow you to park hop. I just don't. I'm not sure like what that price is. Okay. Well, anyways, I think that this is a great value because if you buy a single day park ticket to Magic Kingdom, you're looking at $120 to $150. So $99 for a single day in Magic Kingdom is big savings. I mean, Valid, you are going during the hottest months of the year in Orlando, um, but that's their push to get people there during the summer because a lot of people will hold back and not go because of weather reasons. So there are always water parks, people. Yes, water parks, get your water on. Okay, so more savings, more discounts moving kind of through the dates. So after September 29th is when that four park four day um, magic ticket expires um, for you to be able to use it but they do have a 25% on rooms also during this period of time starting in July July 11th through September 28th there is 25% off of rooms for anyone a lot of the discounts that Disney puts out are annual pass holder Disney visa but for you to be able to get 25% off of rooms during summer months and this four park um magic ticket uh, that's a that's a reasonable amount of savings for a disney vacation yeah if you're looking to go this summer definitely utilize those discounts for sure and those discounts continue even into the fall season with additional 25 percent off rooms from october 2nd to december 25th so that's still to bring people in during the holiday season there's not there's that 25 percent off as well and then we also see the um you know the typical disney visa discounts and annual pass holder discounts that go up to about 35% off of hotel rooms. And then one uh, other discount I thought was interesting is for Disney Plus subscribers. Why don't you share a little bit about that? So it um, Disney is now saying that not only um, if you have a Disney visa, not only if you have an annual pass, if you are just a subscriber to Disney Plus, which I think is a lot of people, you can get 35% off of select rooms ranging from October, late October to early November and late November to late December. So that's a long range of time. Oh, and yeah. Holiday time, like Halloween and Christmas and Thanksgiving, like all wrapped up in those dates that people who are subscribed to Disney Plus will get discounts on their park travel as well. Well, I think what is so interesting about this whole thing is that basically between now and the end of the year, there is some type of room discount happening on top of the these these ticket discounts as well that go through kind of the end of the summer so there's plenty of opportunities for you to save money on your disney vacation before the end of 2023 so if you are thinking about going on a disney vacation now might be the best time to do that with these discounts in place and if you are ready to book a Uh, family vacation or a couple's trip or a girl's trip or whatever it looks like to Disney World, you need to get in touch with our girl Kelly's Magical Vacations. There is a link in our bio that you can click and it is basically an info form. You fill that out and Kelly gets connected with you. It supports us here at the Castle Chat and boom, you're ready to go for your free vacation planning and you'll be in Disney before you know it. 
Yeah, what Kelly does is incredible. She will take all of these discounts that there's a bunch of dates and numbers and all of this stuff. And if you give her a budget and a date and time that you want to go, the number of people, she factors in all the calculation for discounts and gives you options that are kind of maybe things that you wouldn't have thought of that would be a great idea for you and it's totally complimentary it is something that she does on disney's behalf for you um without you having to worry about a thing and i think it's great so okay that's our um little blurb for (laughs) kelly's magical vacations i mean who needs to keep up with all these discounts when you can just keep up with kelly and kelly can do all these things for you so right for free so that's our little kelly plug we love you girl all right let's move on so that's kind of those are the two i feel like big money things that are happening in the parks right now something really exciting though that happened literally just a few days ago is we have seen the first glimpses of tiana's water tower outside of the new tiana's bayou adventure that is currently getting its work done getting its magic on i know i i mean this thing literally popped up overnight there wasn't one there and now there is there's all kinds of scaffolding around what formerly was splash mountain and i think the cool thing about um attractions that get re-themes is that generally what we are going to experience as the attraction itself is unchanged it's still the same ride the same vehicle the same track All they're having to do is update the theming, the surroundings, they're doing some of the animatronics, and this has been talked about for a while, so I can imagine that Disney has plenty of stuff that's been prepped and ready. It was just needing the actual closure of the attraction to go in and start installing this stuff, and so it really, I think it's going to get people excited for this new attraction to have something like that super visible in the park now. Well, I mean, you can, it's a very large water tower from what I can see in photos. You can see it from almost any any angle that where you're, where you're standing in front of what was formerly Splash Mountain. And I feel like Disney did this as a way of being like, okay, we're going to get you guys excited. We're just going to give you a little piece of what we've been working on. And it's beautiful and it's so cute. It's just a traditional wooden water tower on the front. It says, employee-owned Tiana's Foods, established in 1927. It reads that on the front and on the back. It has the quote, never ever lose sight of what's really important. And that is a quote that her dad mentions in the movie, which I think is so cute. I didn't notice the quote on the back until I saw a different article today that shows the backside of the water tower, which is the backside of water. I just, as I was saying that, I just realized that. (laughs) The backside of a water tower. Backside of a water tower. And then, of course, on top, there's Tiana's crown with two little stars on the edge of the crown which i just think is so cute yeah the two little stars are meant to represent ray and evangeline and that is just one of the sweetest love stories uh, i think in the disney um storytelling bubble and if you don't know about it you need to go watch princess and the frog you better get hype for tiana's bayou adventure it's gonna be amazing i think it's gonna be incredible I really, I really can't wait. Like, I'm so excited. I still personally don't feel like it fits in Frontierland. Uh, I think it belongs in Liberty Square, but you can't just up and move that attraction. So it's fine. It's fine. It'll just be a blended type of 
attraction there. Yeah, actually, it belongs in New Orleans Square, which is only in Disneyland. Yeah, we just need a New Orleans Square. It's fine. That's what we need, honestly. Well, it was exciting. It literally came up overnight. I don't think anyone really saw it coming at all. So that was a really fun piece of news to find out this week. All right, let's move on to some other... Gosh, there's so many, like, big things happening right now, I feel like. I know. So let's just move in order. So this one's kind of out of order because it's already happened, but we lost the Galactic Star Cruiser. Yes, I know we mentioned that briefly on... I don't even remember what episode it was. We did talk about it after its very short run. Yes, it was such a short run. Um, I heard incredible things about it. Um, Kelly had nothing but phenomenal reports on her experience and for mega star wars fans obviously this was a dream come true the price tag was just unrealistic for the average family it was astronomical for two days for is just it's if you so if you can't let me back up if you don't know what the galactic star cruiser is i'm sorry you probably will never get the opportunity to be on it because it's literally closing in september and they're not taking any more bookings at this time but it is slash was a star wars themed cruise on land basically mm-hmm. a two-day immersive experience where you are taken out of this world and literally living the life of a star wars character there's an agenda there's a mission i mean there it's so detailed and intricate i wish that we would have had a chance to go do this and experience it but I, the price tag, it just couldn't, it didn't make sense. On average, it was about $6,000 for a weekend. No, thank you. And that is, you know, there's only so many people you could fit in an individual room. So to split that between people um, still was pretty expensive just for a weekend. And it just wasn't having successful bu- bookings. Um, I think a lot of families that experienced it felt like it was a one-time experience. It wasn't repeatable. Um, so people weren't going to read, you know, spending that much money and then saying you're going to do it again. The mega Star Wars fans certainly would, but I think the average family, um, it just was a missed target. And so anyway, it's closing. Um, September 28th will be its last voyage. And um, Josh Tomorrow, who is the um, president of Disney Parks, has made a statement saying that it it's not going to be unused. It's not going to turn into a ghost building and not have anything happen to it. So I don't know what Disney Imagineering has in the works, but they do have an intention of transforming it into something that will be utilized. They put so much time and money and effort yeah. into it. I'm sure it will stay Star Wars related, um, but what kind of Star Wars thing it will be, I don't know. Well, because it is connected to the planet of Batu, I am curious if they will somehow make it a part of Galaxy's Edge. I, I don't know how they would do that with the rooms, but like the, the lobbies and like the bar and like different parts of it. Like I feel like they could incorporate it as part of the park map because it's already right there and it has that walkway where it's connected. So I'm kind of like, maybe they could do that. I don't know. I'm once they do release what they're doing with it though, I will be eyes glued to my screen trying to figure out like how it can be a part of it in some way. Okay, well, I mentioned this in another episode. Again, really terrible at referencing what episode it was. Uh oh, it was the universal one. It was the universal episode. Oh, was it? Um 
it, the Galactic Star Cruiser is not necessarily like super close, like backs up to Hollywood Studios. There's a bit of travel, oh, but I, think I thought it was like right there next to it. There's like parking, like a full parking lot between the two. I oh. think. Oh, but okay. I well, I was wrong then. I think that they should do like the Hogwarts Express from Universal, Ooh. where you have windows that have visions of space. Like, like Space 220, you go in the elevator and it looks like you're leaving Earth or leaving Batu and going somewhere else. And so you could have this, like, transport that takes you over there. And it makes you feel like you're leaving Batu, going yeah. through hyperspeed to get to this ship. Maybe. And then you get on and it's, like, maybe, like, a... A dining experience, or I don't take a small. nap afterwards. It's, it's <laughs> really eat some food, take a nap. The feedback I've heard is that it's very small. So, like, what can you turn yeah. something of that size into for the park, other than like another paid experience where you leave the park and re-enter? I don't know. We're gonna have Who to knows? wait. We'll find out at we'll some f- point. Yep, we'll figure it out, and we will. When we hear, we'll let you know. That was definitely a big piece of news that came out a little while back, but we definitely had to make sure that we talked about it. Yes. So, what other um, current or timely things can we? There's the the preface here is that there's a lot of holiday news. There is a lot of holiday so news. We're gonna save that for the end. Okay, we'll save that for the end. Um, I want to talk about. Um, let me see. Let me see. Ooh, the new Ariel meet and greet. Ooh, that's a fun one. I. Love this edition. So the live action, The Little Mermaid, came out recently. And we are getting, or we already have actually now, our own live action Ariel. You can meet her in Hollywood Studios over where you used to be able to meet Sully in the Walt Disney Presents studio area. Um, That has now been transformed where you can go meet Ariel in her beautiful blue dress that you see in the movie and I love that we're getting to meet more of these, you know, live action characters. The videos I've seen of this meet and greet have been absolutely priceless and very precious. cute. Very cute. So cute. The cast member who is a friend of Ariel is really bringing the magic to life. I will say that much. So if you are going to Hollywood Studios, head into Walt Disney Presents to meet live action Ariel. And speaking of character meet and greets, this is a great time to talk about Pixar Plaza reopening. That opened back in May, and you now have the opportunity to do the Edna mode experience where Edna Edna is set up every day. You can go meet her. Um, She is one of the standing characters there. And then on occasion, you can meet Mr. and Mrs. Incredible and Frozone as well as Sully. So Sully has moved from Walt Disney Presents to Pixar Plaza. Yeah, so obviously these are all Pixar characters. Um, They've done a really good job. They've made the queue interesting from what I can see. Um, I wish there was more going on in this space. Okay, I I put on here like thoughts on this area in general because we haven't talked about this and I'm really glad that you're saying that because it to me it's boring back there it's yeah it's like i mean i get it it's like a cool thing that you have like a character pop in but also i feel like there could be a lot more interesting things going on back there i think i know what happened in this area so this area was popping when this was where this was where you could 
go to Toy Story Mania. This was the original yeah. entrance before they built Toy Story Land to its so full capacity. So there's a lot more traffic. Of course. So like when it was, when that was the entrance to Toy Story Mania, I feel like that area was so fun and it was vibrant. And then when the characters would pop out, I feel like there was so much going on and it felt like its own little mini land. Mm-hmm. And then when they built Toy Story Land and they obviously put the Toy Story Mania entrance on the other side of the building in Toy Story Land, that area was like almost just like an area that went to die. Like it just yeah. nothing was happening for a while. There were a few photo op opportunities, fo- photo op opportunities. That's not that's not <laughs> a thing. Anyways, there was like the little wall where like Jack Jack was, and there was some different spaces where you could take photos, which I thought were really cute. There was. I don't know if you ever experienced this or saw it, but there was this really funny and actually entertaining like show. They would really? do in here. Mr. and Mrs. Incredible and Frozone would all come out, and there were oh, these yes. news reporters, and they were talking about like a. Th- it's almost like you know how in um, Star Tours, uh, there's like the spy, and yeah. it like throws somebody up yeah. on the screen. So it was the same idea where there was a, um, a villain in town, and they would throw somebody that was in the crowd in this area on the screen, and then the news reporters would like go and interview this person and figure out like how they were involved in crime and the Incredibles like would come out and like go through the it was I mean it was more entertaining than it is right now is all I have to say yeah I I don't feel like something like that would be difficult to reinstate but now that you are supposed to meet the characters inside Edna Mode's experience, I don't think that they will do anything like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't really know what Disney should do with that area. I feel like what they've done is, like, mediocre. I feel like there is a lot of potential for that little plaza. And I, quite like, right now can't quite wrap my creative mind around what that could be. But I'm not loving you the know, current direction. You know how Disneyland has Pixar Pier? Yes. Okay, so, like, there's so much more going on at Pixar Pier than there is uh-huh. in this Pixar Plaza. So, I mean, I feel like it wouldn't be that difficult to throw in these little snack booths or um, little carnival ga- Like, in Animal Kingdom, all the little yeah. carnival games that they have. I love those. Yeah, there um, is, like, the there is the little snack booth where you can get the num-num cookies and the popcorn, but it's kind of, like, tucked away. No one really yeah. knows that it's there. And for a while, when it was closed, like, Joffrey's was selling those items, and so it didn't really need its own cart. Yeah, they so, used to have a ton more themed snacks in this area as well. They had a key lime... Uh, pie pop it was like literally like a key lime pie on a popsicle stick they had the nom nom cookies they had these different um, incredible themed uh, like coke slushies um, that I'm remembering there's just a lot more excitement um, and I feel like this is a fine thing to do but I hope they add more in the future yeah well we'll see we'll see all right so speaking of characters we're gonna stay on this category for a little bit um there were permits filled for an Encanto area in Magic Kingdom. Are you referring to the meet and greet area that is going to take over where Mer- where you can meet Merida? Yes. Okay, when I saw this, I was like, okay, does this mean like the actual... Because I know at D23, they were talking about this like Encanto area that would be behind Frontierland. Yes. I, so I wasn't sure if you that that was what you saw or if it was... I wonder if this is Disney's um, test to see the engagement in this area. Mm, um, but I hate that Merida is getting the boot. 
I do too. I think that meet and greet area is really cute, but I can see why they're changing it to Merida. The kids are like love and Kanto. Brave is a little like dated in that in that I th- sense. Like I think Merida um, would do well in Epcot. Um, oh yeah. If they had her some I know that they don't have a Scotland pavilion but somewhere in Epcot and World Showcase I feel like would be a good place to meet her um but yeah I think Mirabelle is going to absolutely slay there's going to be a huge line yeah huge line it's going to be I I just already love how they're going to design that area it's going to be really cute but as far as I know they haven't started any changes it's just been the permits correct yeah there are basically there are people out there who will track what Disney submits um, from a legal standpoint to see what they're ready to take action on or hoping to take action on and this is one of them so Sweet. I think we'll see changes coming um, this obviously is a high demand IP to put in the park so I think that the sooner they jump on this the better when it's not a large area to overhaul so I feel no. like it would take them it wouldn't take them long at all to get it up and running and no. You, before you know it, you'll be able to meet Mirabelle. Just a few go-away green walls is all they need, yeah. and they'll get it done. Yeah, of course. All right, and our final character we've got to talk about is our pal Stitch. He gets his own day on June 26, a.k.a. 626 Day. And to celebrate him this year, he was announced as the Springtime Run Disney Spotlight, which I think is really fun. And I'm glad that Stitch is getting his little moment in the Run Disney world. Yes, they had lots of cute little snacks and treats um, for 626 Day. Obviously, that is June 26th. The month of June is the sixth month, so six to six. Um, but yeah, he they're doing like an Ohana family run challenge, and I think it's going to be really cute themed races. Um, run Disney is people are big into what the themes are, and you know what kind of medals are they going to get. And Stitch is the guy for spring. Um, did you see about the Universal tweet? No, I did not. This is a funny side story. Um, So on 626 Day, several years back, Stitch basically invaded Magic Kingdom. He caused some mischief in Magic Kingdom, and he TP'd Cinderella Castle. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. That was in, like, 2005? I think it was to promote Stitch's Great Escape. Right. So, Universal, when everyone's talking about 626 day the other week this past week they tweeted we liked it better with toilet paper <gasps> so they took a jab they really they really went out and took a jab whoever is on Disney. their like social media committee was probably like we're gonna add a little spice yeah they're giving like burger king wendy's tweet vibes <laughs> i love when companies like tweet each other i, I that's like pure entertainment for me yeah for sure and it was uh, like so many people i felt like i saw it on tiktok or uh instagram like and people screenshotting it and being like oh i can't believe i missed that yeah it was funny i thought it was really funny anyways stitch we love you we're excited for your springtime run disney spotlight i think it's time to talk about food oh my gosh you literally read my brain because i was just about to say that i'm gonna get hungry but i think it's time to talk about let's talk about food Okay, first of all, we are Disney World gals, and the Flower and Garden uh, Festival for this year is coming to a close in the next week, 
and food and wine booths are going up. We are seeing them start to surface, so Disney is always on it for this transition. It's like a few weeks, two weeks, I don't know how many weeks it is, but um, they quickly flip from Flower and Garden to Food and Wine, and Food and Wine is going to run from July 27th to November 18th this year, so if you are traveling within those months, definitely check out Epcot and the Food and Wine Festival. It is Court's favorite. I'm sure she has some recommendations. I love me some Food and Wine Festival, and what better way to use your Disney discounts that we talked about? Go enjoy food and wine. That's right. There's so much to enjoy at Disney this year. Yes. Go do it. Speaking of discounts, um, I don't know that it qualifies as a discount, but we got news that the Disney dining plan is coming back in 2024. And it has been gone for a hot minute. It's been gone for, gosh, three years now. Yeah, I mean... Three and a half? Yeah, it's been a while. And I think people are going to be excited about it. I think a lot of people are going to sign up to go just to try it back out. Um, But there are a couple of different plans. Why don't you tell the peoples what they're looking at with the Disney dining plan? Okay, so there is the quick service Disney dining plan, which equates to be two quick service meals, one snack, and one resort refillable mug that's per day so the price on that per day is 5701 for adults per day and 2383 for children ages three to nine um so that's the quick that that means that like if you wanted to sit down at a sit-down restaurant then you could not use your dining plan for this but you could use it at two different quick service places per day and then the regular disney dining plan it equates to one table service meal one quick service one snack and one resort refillable mug for 94.28 per adult per day and 26.69 for children ages three to nine what are your thoughts on this so my opinion on the dining plan if you know you want to try a lot of sit-down restaurants and meals um if you want to have a break in your day if you want to sit in the air conditioning and have a place that you know is reserved for you you're not fighting for a table the table service dining plan is great you have a guaranteed place to sit down have some elevated dining Um, you could do character dining you could do plenty of other options that aren't necessarily character dining and i think that you get your bang for your buck in terms of the num the amount of money spent the thing that always holds me back from wanting to do the dining plan is i don't want or need a sit-down restaurant every single day of my trip i usually only want one or maybe two if it's like a special occasion. I agree. I, I've i already spent enough money to be at Disney that like the food, I'm just like, I'm trying to keep myself full in the day to go on rides and have fun. Like I may do like one sit down, but I'm really just there to get my chicken tendies and fries and move on. I think that Disney has a lot of really good quick service options too. Like you're yes. not missing out on reasonable food. There are plenty of different options. You don't have to. I mean, I am certainly a chicken tendies and fries girl, but you do not have to just have chicken tendies and fries if you're doing the quick service dining plan. There are plenty of different cuisines in Epcot. There Definitely. are plenty of different options at resorts that would qualify. Um, my mom and Sam love a fresh tuna salad from Riviera and that is like really quality good healthy food that's not chicken tendies and fries that would probably qualify for this quick service dining plan so for me I think the quick service dining plan would definitely be something I'm gonna try in the future 
Well, you report back whenever you have your experience in 2024 and let me know. Okay. Because you may have to convince me to do it. Okay. That's fair. Okay. One more thing for food. We are getting a sushi restaurant that's coming to Japan in Epcot, which is scheduled to open this summer. Yes. I think that sushi in Japan um, makes sense. And I forget the name of this restaurant. I think it has a name, um, but... I know a lot of people in my life that are big sushi fans, and this I do believe is going to be more quick service style. I don't know if it's going to be um, sit down table service dining, but sushi in Japan, we always stop for frushi in Japan for flower and garden. So I think this makes perfect sense, and I'm glad they're doing it. Yes, I think it's going to be great. And while we're on the topic of Japan, I feel like we should talk about something that's happening over in Disneyland. I agree. What are we talking about? We're talking about San Francisco from Big Hero 6. Okay. I personally, I love Big Hero 6. It's a fantastic film, and if anyone tells me otherwise, I- I'm sorry. It's just, it's too good. I think the characters other than Baymax are slept on. Baymax gets all of the attention. Mm-hmm. He's sweet. He's lovable. We do love Baymax. But there are so many different characters in this film that have really quality funny personalities and San Francisco I think was one of those creations by the Disney Pixar team that feels very similar to the um, world of the dead in Coco it's vibrant it's very city like obviously it's a big city it's meant to be like San Francisco and Tokyo meeting in the middle and creating this mega city um and disneyland has taken away pacific wharf which was a a area just like we have different lands and areas in our parks and walt disney world um pacific wharf was an area in disneyland that has been restructured and rethemed to be san francisco and there is a lot coming Oh my gosh, I was overwhelmed by the amount of food choices that they had there. Some of the restaurants include Aunt Cass's Cafe. We've also got Rita's Turbine Blenders, Lucky Fortune Cookery, and the San Francisco Maker's Market. Actually, I lied. That's not a food place. That is a store, but plenty other places too. Yeah, that's not even the full list, and that was already no, a lot. There's a Mexican so. place too. I mean, there's like so many others, and then there's like there's going to be a pin trader's place. There's going to be a collectible medallions place. And you can meet Baymax. I mean, like, the list just kind of goes on and on and on. And it is scheduled to open mid-August of this year. So, another incentive for us to visit Disneyland. That's right. Let's go. Okay. So, that covers a lot of stuff. I think there's two other minor things I want to touch on before we jump into our holiday news. Okay, what do you want to talk about? Number one, we are seeing Hey Disney show up in more Disney World resorts. Hey Disney is essentially like an Alexa uh, um, home station that you can say, Hey Disney, what's the blank in Disney today? Or like, what's the weather in Lake Buena Vista? What time does Magic Kingdom open? Yeah, you can ask questions and it's meant to be an assisting service to guests on their stay to answer questions that they may have relating to their vacation and then they also have little funny things in there like hey disney tell me a joke and they'll have disney related jokes on there so very little addition to the rooms that's starting to be more common when you are visiting have you seen them yet in the rooms yourself not in person well, I have maybe not. you'll see them in a few months maybe i will we'll who find knows? out who knows okay and then also gosh i feel like disney has been going hard on their merch recently so hard 
so hard. You may or may not, if you haven't, then you're not on the right algorithm as us, but you should have been seeing the like viral neutral t-shirt and crew neck. The crew neck has like the Mickey glove peace sign on it with like a Mickey on the sleeve. And then it's like in a tannish color. And then there's a shirt that's the same color that has all the Mickey and friends on it and just says Walt Disney World. And it's just like classic and cute. And I don't know, just... Yes. Not your like gaudy mm-hmm. parks merch, yes. and I'm here for it. But I don't think I'll ever obtain one because everybody wants it. Yeah, I think Disney has always done a good job at seeing what um, fans are interested in, and so many small shops do have this aesthetic, this vibe, mm-hmm. yeah. and so I think Disney's picking up on it and putting it in their own Disney branded merchandise, which is genius. And they are selling out of these quick. They also have a world of color collection, which is really cute. They have all of these new tumblers and mugs from Starbucks that are for so cute. Yes. Oh, I'm always looking for these. If you have been to my house, you know, I have a Starbucks mug or cup collection problem. So every time I see these in the parks, if there's a new one, I have a really hard time not grabbing it. But yeah, they're doing a, a phenomenal job at getting out. There's so many new ears too. I mean, gosh. Oh yeah, there's like figment ears. There's a lot of the Disney 100. I saw a pair of Jungle Book ones. They had like Indiana Jones ears. All the stuff. I mean, they're just coming out with stuff left and right. And so they are aware that the fans like this kind of stuff. And I think we'll continue to see more of it. Oh yeah. Okay. Let's hit them with the holiday news. All right. We're jumping into Christmas mood here. And oh, yeah. we've got some really fun and also some kind of upsetting Christmas news to go over. We do. So you want to start with the good or the bad? Let's go ahead and get the bad out the way. Okay. So the bad news is that everyone's favorite holiday dream lights that adorn the castle, Cinderella's castle, makes her look like a Christmas dream are never coming back, period. Do you think it's never, though? I think it's never. I think it's never. I loved the dream lights. It's basically the castle dripped from head to toe in these white Christmas lights. It's like that Elsa it. lights the like yeah. lights the castle and it's so cute and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is amazing." I thought that was so creative the way that they included and incorporated Elsa and her like icing the castle, yes. frosting the castle for those of you uh how to lose a guy in 10 days fans. Um that's a reference, but anyways, um Yes, the dream lights are not coming back this year, and it is a, a, a bit of a disappointment because I feel like this is classic Magic Kingdom Christmas decor, but we haven't had it for the 50th, so... No, we didn't, and people thought that that was because of the like the way that the castle was decorated for the 50th, and they really wanted to like focus on those elements and the like Hollywood... Uh, Hollywood, sorry the holiday um projections that they had for Mm -hmm. the 50th for the castle um we haven't seen the dream lights since 2019 and you're like what you're saying we probably won't see them again i do think the dream lights looked really well on the old castle colors i wonder if with the new painting of the castle maybe the dream lights won't I don't know, but I feel like that that, that icy white went so well with, like, the the tan or the cream and the blue. Like, it really made it pop. So I wonder if that was an element of it. They are still keeping this frozen element, which I obviously am happy about. At least they're keeping that. But it will be called the Frozen Holiday Surprise, and it will illuminate the castle in a whole new way. 
basically I've projection mapping. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we're projection mapping everything these days. The actual physical lights on it, I think, just feel different. And I they know do. I like I anticipate what they're going to do, and I already feel like it will be beautiful in its own way, but it won't be the dream lights. It won't be, and that's okay. You that's know, okay. Yeah, it's it fine. Is. We've got to. The thing is, is we can't change it. How do we, how, uh, I, maybe I'm, I know how to answer this question for you, but how do you feel about Elsa being this, like, focal point for, I feel like, every park? Like, Elsa is everywhere, except for Animal Kingdom. Uh, it'd be funny if she was just, like, there. <laughs> I think it's just, it's the fad behind Frozen, yeah, it's so big. It has it's to be everywhere. It's so big. It has to be everywhere. I mean, I'm not mad about it. But it does seem weird that, like, Elsa is the focal point for Cinderella's castle for a lot of things. Like, she... Why isn't it Mickey? You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Why isn't I it mean, Mickey like the castle? Like I feel like it makes sense because yeah. she has ice powers. But if she's not, like, icing the castle with the lights, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I understand that she is the IP queen and Frozen has made billions of dollars for disney so people obviously love it um but i feel like there is like an element of the fab five that i like am missing from a lot of the park because of all these new characters coming in like where can i meet pluto and goofy and donald and daisy like it's I feel like it's more easy to find Elsa and Anna meet and greets and Kanto Mirabelle meet and greets and uh-huh. so it's like the classic Disney characters are starting to have to take a back seat and I guess because I'm I'm old <laughs> it's is somewhat sad I feel like it's like I wish maybe Mickey and Elsa were like doing it together I don't know <laughs> I love that it's so cute yeah, it's, it's tough to see that change from the classic to the modern, especially because we grew up in such a classic Disney era. Um, I think it really just does, does come down to, like, what are the kids interested in today and right. where are they going to be able to make the most money and right. get people to come. And It's all about the dollar. Uh, it's all about the dollar, going back to that. So I think that's definitely why um so this piece of holiday news is a little womp womp for us but there was a very exciting piece of holiday news that i did not see coming i did not see this coming it came out of left field and i think i i feel like i've heard mixed reviews but i think people are gonna go crazy for it i think it's going to be absolutely bonkers yeah so what are we talking about we're talking about jollywood nights it's a jolly holiday in Hollywood Studios. Hollywood Studios is getting its first all-exclusive, inclusive, whatever you want to call it, holiday party. It will no longer be just Mickey's very merry Christmas party. It will be also Jollywood Nights in Hollywood Studios. Yes. So this is an additional price ticketed event with limited capacity access to attractions with lower wait times snacks treats shows all of the above just like mickey's very merry christmas party but in hollywood studios and i think that um there is something about hollywood studios at christmas that's 
also very magical and fun. They do the Snope on Hollywood Boulevard um, and Sunset Boulevard. Echo Lake. Yes, they've got a lot of stuff going on for Christmas in this particular park. And the demand, like we talked about earlier, for the attractions in this park is massive. And so for people to pay an additional price to get better access to these rides, I think people are going to snatch these up so fast. I really want to go. I really want to go also. Let's do it. <laughs> um, the Hollywood, the Dollywood nights will run from November 11th to December 20th on select nights. They only have a handful of dates. There really aren't that many. No, nowhere near as many as Mickey's um, Very Merry Christmas parties. So if you want to go, I believe tickets are will be out to the public starting on July 6th. Currently, you can purchase those tickets if you already have a disney resort reservation Um, but if you do not have one of those set in place then you will need to wait until july 6 to grab those tickets we are going to see prices probably similar to mickey's very merry christmas party um i think they might actually be a little bit more yeah comparable but probably more on the more expensive side because it's a you're not going to get to be in there as long as you would for like a magic kingdom night Mm -hmm. um it's more like an after-hours party, I yeah, feel like, yeah. but with a Christmas theme. Yeah, so. it will run from 8.30 p.m. to 12.30 a.m., and you can enter the park as early as 7 p.m., but you do not need an additional like park ticket. You just right. need your party ticket. So you could end up, you know, if you're there that day, you could be in Hollywood Studios all day and then just stay if you mm-hmm. wanted to. It's completely up to you if you already had that park ticket or you can park hop, whatever you'd like to do, but... You just need that ticket there. But it's going to be exciting. Like you said, there's a new stage show. They're bringing back the Jingle Bell Jingle Jam Nighttime Spectacular, which was last shown in 2019. I don't think I've ever seen Jingle Jam. Um, I want to say I may have seen it once, but I could not tell you any details. I could also have not seen it and think I'm thinking of something else. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. There are also some um, really cool meet and greets that yeah. are very... I was a little surprised by this list. Um, you can meet Phineas and Ferb at Echo Lake, along with Powerline Max, which is a very interesting combo. Big hit. Powerline Max is always going to draw a crowd. Oh, of course. But Phineas and Ferb, I'm like, oh, how where, random. Yeah, where did these guys come where from? Where did they come from? But all right, we'll take it. And then you can meet Edna Mode and Frozone at Pixar Plaza. And you can meet Mickey, Minnie, and friends in the animation courtyard so funny phineas and ferb's whole premise of their show is that they're on summer vacation but they're going to show up at the christmas party yeah they're on christmas break okay all right yeah they're just they're just going they're just is there are there like phineas and ferb christmas episodes or am i i don't know there may be i'm not that well versed with phineas and ferb so if you are and you are a huge phineas and ferb fan please let us know if there are any holiday special episodes that would make this meet and greet make sense Yes, please. I'm I'm all ears. Gosh, well, that's it for Parks News. Um, we don't have a lot of other news in these other categories, so don't worry. Like, there's not that much left of the episode. Hang in there. We are getting through all this news so that you guys can be the most up-to-date. Obviously, Parks is going to have the most amount of information, so you yes. want to make sure you guys are covered. Let's move on to some of our movies. We have some of the Rotten Tomatoes scores and audience scores. We love to break down what does the public and what do the critics have to say about these movies that Disney has been putting out? So let's run through them. 
Yes, so there have been a handful of Disney films that have come out in the last little bit that Courtney and I haven't necessarily covered at this point. Um, so some of those um, would be Disney Plus, some of them would be theater releases. The one Disney Plus one that has come out has been Peter Pan and Wendy. And the Ron Tomatoes score on this film was 63%. However, the audience score was a shocking 11%. I started Peter Pan and Wendy and got like five minutes in and then I got distracted and had to do something else. So I still haven't seen it, but you watched it, didn't I, you? I did watch it. What would be your score? Um, I mean, realistically, like less than a 50 Okay, um, so nothing so spectacular. We mentioned this in the Little Mermaid episode when we are watching live action films. What is going to keep me from watching the original? If the live action does a good enough job, then I will prefer watching that over the original. I would never go back and watch Peter Pan and Wendy before I would go back and watch a original Peter Pan. So, and it's it's the same yeah. storyline, but with a modern take on some of the culturally inappropriate or disrespectful things that are in the original film so you know they do make those corrections um however the whimsy and the fun of it i just it's so fun in the animated colorful way that they did the original the music the songs uh yeah i just was not a big fan of peter pan and wendy was fine but wouldn't probably watch it again well I would say out of all the movies we have on this list, this one was definitely at the bottom because there are some other really spectacular movies on this list. And I definitely want to make sure we mention Guardians of the Galaxy 3. It was amazing. It was the movie that Marvel needed after the last few movies that have come out through Marvel that just have been a little bit womp womp since No Way Home. I feel like that was like No Way Home was incredible. And then it was it was like, okay, here we go. But now I feel like we're getting a taste of real Marvel content again. I was so pleasantly surprised, but also shocked at the storyline of this film. Um, Courtney and I went to see it together, and I was an absolute mess. Like, I don't know that I've ever cried that hard in a movie. It was emotional. It was very emotional. There were obviously personal things in my life that made the emotional aspects of the film uh really hit home for me so I was just wiping snot and tears left and right but the writing was incredible the story was incredible there were a couple of things where I was like uh, Marvel did we have to go this far but um generally that movie out of the list of new movies that we have this one might be the first one I go back and rewatch. Mm, okay, I agree. I agree. It had a Rotten Tomato score of eighty-one percent and an audience score of ninety-four percent. I would rank it right there in the nineties as well. Uh, I agree. Yeah, definitely. And then, like we've mentioned earlier, we do have the Little Mermaid live action that got a sixty-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes and ninety-four percent audience score. The audience seems to really enjoy this live action, as do we. We think it's a great film. Yes, and then the last one that has come out and isn't one that is going to come out um, that Courtney and I have both actually seen is Elemental. It's a Disney Pixar film um, surrounding two elements coming from different worlds, and it got a 76% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 92% audience score. I think the Rotten Tomatoes should have been a little bit higher, but we're not going to get into our opinions of Elemental quite yet, and that's all we'll say for now. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, 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 to be continued. 
Yes. Okay. So we've got a handful of movies that are about to come out, though. And yes, we are, which one of them has just come out this week, and that is Indiana Jones. So are you excited about this film? Where do you stand with Indy? Okay, listen, I'm going to get some hate for this. I have never seen Indiana Jones, like any of them, like none of the films. And my husband has been begging me to watch them. I don't know why I've never seen them. It just was never a film that was like played in my home. Um, and I never really sought it out as an adult. I mean, I love the Sun Spectacular at Hollywood Studios, and I feel like I, I could recite that whole entire show from start to end, but never seen the movies. So I have seen the movies, bits and pieces of them over the years. Some of them I had sat and watched in my younger days. Uh, my dad really likes Indiana Jones, and... Um, I have gone back and re-watched the first three um, with Sam recently just to remind myself, give myself a background on where Indiana Jones came from. And I just feel like it's very, like, classic American cowboy adventure vibe. Um, And it was just something, I guess, that had not been done before in film. And the action and adventure of it was really exciting for its time. So I think people, like previously when Indiana Jones was at its peak um loved these storylines I've heard that this most recent film is not that impressive yeah I my husband really wants to see it so I think I'm gonna watch them all and then go see it with him so I'm interested to see my opinion on it but I've heard the same from the public so far that it's like eh, it's okay I think it's like obvious that Harrison Ford is like it's, old. It's, it's old, and it's it's time to stop being Indiana Jones. So I think well, there's a lot, obviously, obviously, not a lot of nostalgia that will come with this film. I do think it will be the last one. So yeah, it's um, definitely good to go see, and we'll see what people think of it. So there's that. We also have the new Haunted Mansion film coming out, as well as Wish. And we did find out that Frozen 3 is coming, but it will have a new director. The director of Frozen 1 and Frozen 2 is actually going to be directing or is directing Wish. And um, we will have a new director for Frozen 3, which I'm not sure how I feel about that at this point because I feel like Jennifer Lee did a fantastic job with 1 and 2. It's hard for me to like trust somebody else to keep that greatness up, but it's Disney. I know that however it turns out it'll be amazing so yeah I think personally when I hear that there is going to be another film added to a saga and then there's new leadership I worry about its ability to stay true to the direction we got before Um, but I also know that films that come from the same storyline have had this happen before and the films have turned out fine um but toy story was a wreck when it got to like four true so hopefully frozen doesn't go in that direction better not i already (laughs) feel like three really i don't know how i feel about a third one yeah i feel like one and two were like chef's kiss let's just tie a bow on it and call it a day but agree hey they could surprise us with a really cool storyline so we'll see how that goes anything else you want to mention with movies um 
not in particular wish comes out later this year in november haunted mansion's coming out in july so i will definitely go to see both of those films i'm a little bit lost on the storyline for wish right now based off of the trailers i've seen um the last thing i will mention though um with these films and movies with what disney has been putting out i feel like they've been putting out so many movies oh i have felt like so i've been to the movie theater more recently that I feel like I ever have it feels like just movie after movie after movie after movie and I can't keep up I know like I mean all of these movies are coming out like two three weeks apart from each other yeah. and I'm interested in all of them well I'm and sure I feel like we start all these in COVID and they're like all right, right we're ready let's go boom 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 <laughs> yeah so I feel like I haven't had an opportunity to go to the movie theater or be interested or excited about films in a while so I've been like pleasantly surprised with Disney putting out all of these movies so far yeah I'm enjoying it I'm enjoying being back in the movie theater it's definitely a fun place to be. So well, let's take things back to the living room, though. And we're sitting, we're watching Disney+. Plus. What are some things that are out and things that are coming that we should be excited about? Well, um, for you and Jed, specifically, coming in August 2023, we have um, the Ahsoka series. I am so extremely excited for this. I... No, I'm I'm so excited I interrupted you. Please continue. Oh, no, I was just going to say, and there is plenty of reason for you to be excited about this as Star Wars fans, but more in particular, your whole life revolves around Ahsoka, doesn't it? Our dog is Ahsoka. Yes. Ahsoka for short, Soaky, whatever we're feeling on the day, but whenever Jed got Ahsoka, he really wanted to name her after a Star Wars character and he threw around a lot, but he is a big Clone Wars and Rebels fan, so Ahsoka just felt fitting. I am still watching both of those series. I feel like that watching those are going to be very vital when it comes to understanding this live action series because she is one of the main characters in those. So if you haven't seen those yet, I recommend between now and August, go ahead, get caught up on your Clone Wars and Rebels and you'll be ready for Ahsoka on August 23rd. Yes, absolutely. And tell us a little bit about the Secret Invasion series. Okay, so Secret Invasion, it's Marvel. It's about, I almost said Nicolas Cage. <laughs> it's about Nicolas Cage. <laughs> it's not about Nicolas Cage. It's about Nick Fury. And I have not seen any of it yet. Only at this point, I think one or two episodes have been out. I first, I literally thought it was a movie. I did not even realize it was a series until today. So um, I'm very intrigued. And I don't really know much about the storyline. Yeah, I don't know if I'm out of the loop, but I just don't feel like this one's gotten a lot of hype or press. So I haven't heard much other than what it's generally about. Yeah, I wonder if it's going to be on the same level as like Hulk. Like it was fun to watch. Like She-Hulk, sorry, but it was kind of like, meh. Yeah. There are so many other Marvel-based series that we are waiting on follow-up seasons for. And I am so ready for them. Oh, one of those has to be Loki season three. Loki, um, uh, oh my gosh, why am I blanking? Um, it's Marvel, and I don't know. I'm, I don't even, I can't read your mind right now. WandaVision. Wanda. Wait, that's coming out this year? No, no, I'm just saying, like, ever since the finale of oh. that show, I've been waiting oh. for the next thing, and so. Like WandaVision, Loki. Um, Fantastic. Like they, Marvel I shows. mean, just so good. And so I am sure that there will be more Disney Plus news in the future. But for now, we've got basically Star Wars stuff up ahead. Yes, basically. And we will 
see more later this year so that's kind of it for our tv and movie realm we're going to wrap things up real quickly with just a few items for the company news these are just things that we like to be on top of so we know what's kind of going on in leadership with the company as well as any big partnerships or moves that they make um one of the things that was really big that happened recently was the cfo of disney parks um stepped down and we have a new cfo stepping in in the interim Yes, so Christine McCarthy was the previous CFO, and she has been CFO for decades, I want to say. She's been around for a long time. She was with Bob Iger in his original tenure as CEO, and um, they did a lot of things together, and he says that she's very pivotal in um, his success and certain things that he took on for Disney. Bob Iger is the acquisition king, and the acquisition king, I'm sure, could not have made his moves without the CFO money queen um, making sure that all of those moves were appropriate. Um, but with Christine McCarthy stepping down, um, there have been reports of some tension with executives and Um, Christine McCarthy maybe wasn't happy with the direction that Disney was moving um, in restructuring and trying to recover from the last handful of years. She was kind of the first one to speak out against Bob Chapek and initiated the downward spiral that was his time as CEO. Um, But now the previous CFO of Disney Parks, Kevin Lansbury, is going to be the interim CFO for now. But what that means, I think, is that Bob Iger is going to probably stick around a little longer as an interim CEO because he's got a lot of stuff to figure out with execs, and it might mean that he's not quite ready to name the next person to be CEO because he doesn't know where other people are going in certain roles. I mean, I would obviously love to see Iger stay longer. I mean, I know that must, if he does, it's, you know, it's hard for him having to, you know, having to juggle all those different things, but we love Iger. We want to see him around as long as possible. So I think it, if that does end up happening, it would be good for the company. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I think that, um, obviously all of the Disney parks movie news that we talk about stems from the decisions that these people are making so knowing who is in charge and who is in um, the chair at the head of the table is certainly relevant when you are a big Disney fan so um, seeing a long-standing executive like Christy McCarthy step down um, maybe because of disagreements gives Disney maybe a little bit of some red flags going up if they can't kind of get it together for people who've been there for a really long time. Um, I'm not sure what's going on behind the scenes, so hopefully good things. Hopefully things will turn around and uh, be all right. But anyway, I think that's it. That's that's the company news that we have to talk about. Well, I mean, that's that wraps up an entire episode of so much news. We knew we had lots to share with you guys, so thank you so much for hanging out with us. We are not done yet. We are going to kick things over to our small shop shout-out. Small shop shout-out. Shop till you drop. And we're gonna let you know who to shop with. Wow, what a <laughs> jingle. If you're just uh, joining us on this Castle Chat journey, you know that Caitlin just whips out a new jingle every week when it comes to these segments because that's just her. And that's what we do here. And so if you're new, 
welcome. We've established this for so many episodes now. (laughs) I definitely am embarrassed. I definitely know that these are terrible, but I hope that at this point you're anticipating something weird and exciting coming out of my mouth during these segments. We love to see it. Thank (laughs) you for your participation and your effort. But today we are here to shout out a really fun shop that I think is doing something very unique that we're not seeing in the Disney small shop community. And it is Baxter and Co. Why don't you share what this shop sells? Okay. So a lot of times we're talking about apparel. We're talking about things that you can wear. Um, However, this company Baxter and Co I feel like has done some things that I have not seen from other small shops before so we were really excited when we found them Um, they sell jewelry cases ring boxes keychains jars you name it and they put a Disney spin on all of them so all these household items things that you will use for travel or just around your house with a Disney twist is such a fun thing to shop for I love the jars. They are these, they look like, I guess you could put a candle in them or you could use them as just like a a storage. They look like they would fit a candle. Um, They're etched with different Disney designs on the front or you can put lights inside of it and the lights can shine through the etched part and it just makes the jar glow. It's so beautiful. Like the etched jars are, I just, I want to go get one right now and put it like in the corner of my little dresser and put something in it. And I just think they're so cute. If um, we had known about this company when we did our um, ways to bring Disney magic to your wedding episode, when we recap Court's wedding, this is such a fun way to do that. A little hint, if you have a Disney bride, if you have somebody that you are getting married to that you know is a big Disney fan, this would be also a cute way to either propose or um, surprise somebody with a little Disney twist. Uh, Yeah, I just really love what they're doing. It's very creative, very unique, and I definitely want to spend money here. Definitely check them out on Instagram, Baxter & Co. Designs. Well, guys, thanks so much for spending time with us today on this episode of The Castle Chat. For now, we'll leave you with what we always leave you with, which is there's a great big beautiful tomorrow out there waiting for you. Go make it magical. See you real soon. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.